Hey everyone, my name is Brian Howard. I'm a Calgary realtor who has sold an average of a house a week since moving to this great city in 2003. And this is Calgary Living, real estate and lifestyle. I'm interviewing Calgary's top performers as it relates to living and lifestyle in our great city. Some of the podcasts will be real estate decision specific, but most will be about life in Calgary and why we choose to live here, or at least why you should visit. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to another edition of Living in Calgary. I'm Brian Howard, and today I have the great pleasure of having Jan Damry on the show, a Calgary mural candidate. Jan, thanks so much for being on the show. All right, it's great to be here with you. As I was preparing for our, uh, you know, this this interview, this conversation, I was finding out a little bit about you and learning about uh, you. I, I, and so I have a few questions. Um, but I think you're a longtime Calgarian. I'm not sure if you're born here or not. But and you, you're an economist. You, uh, that's what you studied, and uh, you have worked, I guess, you know, for private sector businesses and um, and NGOs. But this seems to be a first jump into, I guess, politics. It is my first jump, but a bold jump at that. I think so too. I'm not going to say you're crazy, but um, you know, I, 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 I... <laughs> others have, Byron. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll go on a little bit about uh, I guess that. How did you happen to come to live in Calgary, Jan? So I moved to Calgary uh, in 1990. I'm an energy economist. I uh, was working at the Alberta Department of Energy at the time, but uh, we were deregulating the natural gas industry. And that's where I got to know TransCanada. Those of us who are of our vintage know that in 1990, TransCanada pipelines moved their head office from Toronto to Calgary. So okay. I moved to Calgary to join TransCanada. Wow. Okay, great. What do you love most about Calgary? It has been its, its place. It's uh, even at that time, it was this place of possibility. I was born and raised in Edmonton. Okay. And there was always this energy and this verve and, and proximity to mountains. So I am very much a mountain girl, uh, you know, skied at the time, very active. And so always knew that I was coming to Calgary at some point. I just felt that in my bones. And it's one of the reasons I'm, I'm running for mayor, because I think we've lost sight of how amazing and extraordinary this place is. Mm. Uh, we need to be looking forward, building together this extraordinary potential of this city. So that's also why I've thrown my hat into the arena. That's awesome. What is it that you don't like about Calgary? Winter sometimes, but what I love is the Chinook. So I also know, and I might even myself mantra is wait five minutes and the weather will change. This is a good thing. Interesting. Good. And um, I guess we sort of, uh, I'm interested in people's stories. I'm interested in like, you know, how, and I, as I, as I reflect over, you know, you and this appointment, this, this chat that we're having, I think about how did you come to, you know, have the confidence and, and the feeling to that you want to lead our city. Like, I think that's fabulous. And I'm so impressed by it. And like, that's really what I'm, I'm curious about. So a little bit on that. I, were you always involved in your community? Were you on student council as a, uh, as a student in high school, for example? I very much have a strong line, right, of, of public service. That comes from my grandparents in Edmonton, my grandfather in particular. He, when I was a teenager, I'm the eldest granddaughter, would traipse me out with him to political fundraiser. He was a member of all social groups known to mankind, right? Shriners, Rotary, all of these places. And so we were just, I was raised to always serve community. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's actually what led me in my first transition from TransCanada to work in United Way. Then I spent some time overseas, had the great privilege and honor working overseas with the Aga Khan University. 
coming back, back to corporate for a bit, and then recently, the last five years, working with YW. I am driven by purpose and impact, and I'm about always the red thread, if you will, through my career is empowering people and making sure that we're getting the barriers out of the way for them to be what they can be. And I feel in Calgary, we're at a crossroads and I'm seeing not great leadership. And what we're seeing in politics generally is so much divisiveness, so much infighting, so much polarization. And at a time when we are struggling, certainly coming out of a pandemic as well, we know a lot of Calgarians are struggling. Even when things were great, when we call things were great, because I love your perspective, Byron, and what you've seen in the market and the work that you do, but it wasn't great for everyone. And I think the gift of the pandemic is that we can, if we have the right kind of leadership that can inspire, pull people together, which is my specialty. I've had to do it all my career. I am known for taking on ambitious projects and getting them done. Mm-hmm. So this for me, as I looked at the fate of the city, getting very concerned about the negative narrative, because if you say negative things enough, people actually believe them. And I'm worried that we're losing sight of all of the great things we have here. And I'm already seeing the green shoots that are already starting to come up, right, through the cement cracks in the grass. Mm -hmm. And I'm a bit worried that we're losing some of our young people. It's personal for me. My stepson moved away last August because there was no opportunity. And so because I'm a can-do kind of gal, I'm willing to step up, you know, in my mid to late 50s. It's Mm -hmm. time. Maybe fulfilling a promise to my grandfather that I mentioned just a few minutes ago. His dream, actually, Byron, that I would be prime minister. Wow. At least starting to dig a step right in that political arena. But others, as they've known me and watched me over the course of my career and also my community development work, I've been making this, putting this in play for a long time. This is the time. And I believe my style of leadership is needed and we can get us going. So that's why I'm making the bold move. This is awesome. Well, I mean, thank you for all your efforts. We Calgarians appreciate it. Uh, you mentioned actually in uh, in your website, uh, tandamory.com, I believe. I just had, had my wife reading it off to me, some of your things. Um, well, what I heard as a sort of a, as a real estate professional and real estate investor in the city, I heard um, that you've, uh, you know, you're, and you just said it actually, something to the fact of not everyone is is killing it in life here in our city or in Alberta. And um, by meaning, you know, success, success, success. And the, I've seen since I've been in the city in 2003, moving from the East Coast to Canada, there's a lot of hardship. A lot of people have had a, quite a lot of hardship actually in their real estate decisions because of the boom bust economy of our city. Like I see it all the time, but I people don't talk about this. In my experience, this is the successes of the stories. How does the boom bust economy of our province, of our city affect you? How do you cope with it? How does it affect your mindset? And um, how do you, do you save for a rainy day yourself, Jane? Jen? Yeah. It's such a great question because I think that boom bust has actually been quite destructive to our city because we will start things Mm -hmm. and and then we sort of, you know, kick the knees from out out of it. And with people the same way, I'm resilient. I'm a, I'm a half glass full kind of gal. In fact, others tease me that I just often need a centimeter to kind of go for it, Mm -hmm. but it's wearing on people. And I worry about a bit of the narrative currently that things are going to come back to the way they were. And I actually think that's a mistake. I actually think we can build back better that is far more inclusive of everybody thriving. And the gift of COVID for me and why I'm also throwing my hat into municipal politics is local matters. 
We need to be investing in our local economy. We need to be getting the barriers out of the way of our local businesses. We actually have a very diverse population in the city, and I don't think we think of ourselves that way or even act that way. You probably see this more in your work and how quadrant focused we are. Mm -hmm. Also, if you looked at different nationalities and cultures are very quadrant focused. I'm interested in connecting the vibrancy of that and getting out of this boom bust because I actually believe we can create an incredibly foundational thriving economy by serving each other's needs and that of the globe. And it's by diversifying through tech, making sure we're attracting different kinds of businesses. These things are starting to happen. I want to be that catalyst and igniter that really scales it up. Hmm. Uh, that also we see everybody participating. And this also means investing in streetscape. Because the trouble with boom bus, we have not invested a lot in our public realm, despite the wealth at those high times, right? We mostly invested in people's backyards. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, in my own social uh, circles, um, I was like, excited. I, I am excited and it's been great so far uh, this, this chat, uh, but I asked my, my friends, Hey, what, what questions would you like to, what, would you want to know from your mayor, your next mayor? And uh, I have a bit of a list here. Uh, would <laughs> it, may I sort of, let's think of them as a rapid fire questions. Would that be okay? Absolutely. So Michelle asked, uh, where do you stand on bike lanes and urban sprawl? So two different questions. Bike lanes are important. I think we've got to people options to move around the city, particularly for our younger population. So we've got to make sure that they make sense. They can get people every to where they need to go. I love the concept of a 15 minute city that you can bike or walk to anything you need. And I think as workplace changes, more people working from home, sometimes this alternative modes of transportation are really important. So I'm supportive of that. It also keeps Calgarians moving. So there's a health component and a wellness component, also a mental health component. Sprawl is a really loaded term. And I think again, it's, it's, it's come to be quite a polarized term. I think so as well. It's a, it's a, it's a loaded term. I don't look at it that way. It's and. One of our key advantages in the city is that there are a demographic of people that can still afford and are attracted to single family home with backyards. Mm-hmm. We actually make it affordable because of outer reaches of the city. The challenge is we know that costs us more operationally over time. At the same time, are losing opportunities to creating a vibrant core. So I've got a platform, we're starting to talk about specific ideas that we do both. So we still provide that competitive advantage, choice in market to what mm-hmm. people want, but how do we also ensure these neighborhoods are connected mm-hmm. and that we have a vibrant core that draws all of us together with those public amenities, safe streetscapes. When we have one walkable street downtown, Stephen Avenue Mall, we have to do better. Mm-hmm. So some ideas, working with the tech sector, post-secondaries, how do we get more students? And I'm talking a lot of students living downtown, making downtown a neighborhood. So it's not a seven to four place rapid in, rapid out by vehicle. The people hang out, they want to hang out. It's all about um, entertainment district. How do we connect that? But it also pulls all of our quadrants together. People want to come together because we have these mm-hmm. different places to be. And we enjoy, right, being in the city. And the city is a destination itself, mm-hmm. not going out to Bath. Right. Pablo asked about, uh, he spent time, time recently in Vancouver and Toronto and uh, in comparing our downtown to their downtown, ours is really functional, meaning it's really meant for the business community, it seems. So it seems like you'd really like to vitalize that a bit more. I mean, how, how do you do that? Do you, I, I have no clue. 
And it's a combination of also freeing up people to help us transform it. But I think yeah. the key is getting people living downtown, a lot okay. more people and young people mm-hmm. who want transportation alternatives. They're going to frequent the bars, the restaurants, they want shops, the investment in arts. Uh, this city is not a safe place for women. We are not. How do we make our city streetscapes safer, lighting? But that means everybody wants to come down and be a part of those spaces. So there's the investments I want to make. Interesting. My wife asked, uh, when I said, you know, what question should I ask to Shirley? She said, um, well, how do we, like, actually see, she didn't say, she said something like it's not safe to be a woman. And how would a woman know where and where not to walk downtown? Because uh, there are just a few little pockets that aren't safe. I did think it was safe, but, um, you know, I'm not a woman either. So well, yeah. many of us, right? Have been yeah. Right? Even, even for a man. Yeah. In between our, right? Not even conscious of these things. Right. Places are safe when we're connected and there's lots of people around 24 seven. So back to your friend about, right? The Toronto, the Montreal's, there's always people around. You feel yeah. safe if there's people around. Mm-hmm. Our downtown empties out after four o'clock. Yeah. Always have. Jan, when I was on uh, your, actually when my wife was on your website and reading it to me as I was making my coffee, you mentioned uh, I can go to your sign, I can donate money, I can order a sign on my yard. Why would I? And, and one person asked, I mean, I, that's a question from me, but one person asked, um, who are your don- Who are your biggest donors and what do the donors expect from you? Yeah. I guess all, all the mayor candidates ask for, you know, for this, I suppose. Can you give me like, why is that okay? Yeah. The rules are very different this year, which I don't think a lot of people realize. Traditionally, the municipal election has been funded by corporate donors. That doesn't exist anymore. So all individual donors, maximum an individual donor can give is $5,000. And interestingly enough, it's not tax deductible. So people are in, so think of me as a startup. Really? That's nuts. (laughs) It is nuts. So it's very hard, but we're making great. I'm also the only candidate right now that's disclosing my donor list. So you can actually find my donor list on my site. And you're going to see a smattering of $25 donors and some smattering of five, you know, and all the way to 5,000. I think we've got about 165 now currently. So it's a very dispersed. So no one is beholden to corporations or developers. It is about truly building a community. And because we're not used to being involved in municipal politics, this is my challenge. And one of the reasons, too, I've put my hat in the ring. Get involved in municipal politics. My reflection in COVID, again, local matters. Leadership of the city matters, particularly now. There is going to be a new mayor. Do you not want to have a say in that? There is going to be a lot. There's going to be maybe 11 new councillors. If you pay attention to city hall politics, even if you're watching this week, the division, divisiveness, just the ineffectiveness of council. I am running because I know how to bring teams together, diverse perspectives to get things done. So it's my leadership style. So, uh, and if you want me to have a hope of winning, Name recognition is key. That's where the sign comes in. And as we start to build out that community, we're making it really easy to do that. So please support. So it's money, it's signs, it's spreading the word, and it's getting involved. And at the end of the day, vote. Hmm. Voice matters. That's great. So people would donate to you because they believe in you. They want you. They actually care a lot. They don't care as much as you. They're not running for mayor, but they care enough to say, I would like her to be my mayor and lead my city. And then they would order a sign. And and actually, so with their donation, you can print signs. Is that what you do with donations? So I print signs. I do uh, digital advertising. Very challenging on COVID. Uh, We're doing door knocking. Uh, I have a very small staff. You know, it's again, think of this as a startup. Uh, but mostly it's about advertising and getting name recognition out. 
Holy smokes. <laughs> that has got to be so challenging. It's a big city. Uh, Nahed Nenshi spent three quarters of a million dollars last election cycle. Wow. It's a big number <laughs> that I'm now raising less than $5,000 at a time. That is wild. So, and that, that, so that's a, did you say three quarter of a million dollars is three, $750,000. Yes. And, so, and then that's his, that's his advertising campaign. And that, holy, right. and now you, and that mostly came from corporate and no more corporates allowed. So are we going to see a change in the way the election, I mean, social media changes quite a lot too, but are we going to see many changes on the way people are running this, this election? I guess so. We are, and, and we're already seeing it. There are 17 candidates in the race. There is only going to be four or five at the end of the day who actually have the heft behind them. So it's something to pay attention to, which hmm. candidate is raising money. This is fascinating. Thank you. Money. When I asked another friend, like, what questions should I ask the mayor? Like he shook his head and goes, like, why would anyone want to do that job? They're, they're crazy. And I said, well, why? And he said, well, they're a civil servant. It's little pay and they work with idiots. What are your comments on that? <laughs> the back to glass half full opportunity. I think in moments of reflection and big change, we can actually make big changes. So I'm actually, and I'm the kind of individual that digs in on complex problems. I've had to navigate that all of my career. You, you, you know, we've talked a little bit about the diversity of my career, the different kinds of things that I have done. I am curious about people's alternative views. I think I actually have the talent, the skill and the track record to pull people together to get us moving in the same direction, which helps the city become extraordinary. I believe we can be the place globally to live play and work. And it is about, and we need leaders to step up, seasoned leaders with demonstrated track records, because typically this game has not attracted strength. And I'm again, at that age where I have felt I, I've had a huge privilege. The city has given so much to me. I think I can make a difference. So that's why I'm, I'm stepping in. So I need people's support. Because it you, is Jen. not easy. It's not Thank easy. Thank you, Janet. Yeah, I don't think it's easy. Um, over the last 25 years, there's been an, uh, I guess as Canadians, there's been acknowledgement of the lack of effective support for our Indigenous people. And in the past six weeks or so, we're all sort of having a reflection on that. Uh, we had uh, what I noticed for the first time, I've noticed we had an Indigenous day. I think it was maybe it was June 23rd or something about, oh, it was June 21st. It was summer solstice. And we had like, in Cam uh, Kamloops, you know, devastating. I mean, I think we all knew this craziness, but on, it was the end of May that there was the 20, 215 bodies, mostly children, uh, discovered outside Kamloops Residential School. And, um, you know, we're seeing more and more of that. So as a person in the similar age as you, we've known all along that this doesn't quite feel right. How do you feel about our last 25 years of work and maybe ineffective work at acknowledging kind of what's happening or hey, just any thoughts at all on, on our current situation here in Canada and our First Nations Indigenous folks? And because of the work that I've done in community as well, Byron, particularly recently with YWCA, where over 50% of our clients identified as Indigenous, so very, very aware and of the acute trauma and the interge intergenerational trauma that we are coming to terms with as a settler, right? You and I are settlers in mm -hmm. this country. We're also, we're treaty people. We're part of that treaty, our ancestors. It, isn't it interesting that's taken data, radar data, for us it really to come? So I find that interesting. We, we have not been believing. We may right. have but we weren't believing, mm -hmm. but I've always believed and I'm committed to truth and reconciliation. And it's about developing meaningful relationships with our indigenous leaders and our indigenous people. And how do we build a future together that includes where people are safe? Again, I'll bring a lens in also because I'm female and I work at YWCA, missing women and girls, right? Indigenous, 
that we've also not been paying attention to. We have a lot of work and atoning to do, but it's not about getting, you know, it's about, again, listening, reconciling and working together. And I'm committed to that work. The city itself has something called, a, it's a white, uh, the White Goose Flying Report, which is in response to the Truth and Reconciliation Report. The city's not acted on it. I'm committed to acting on it. Nice. Uh, Good, uh, good. Well, I look forward to watching that. A little bit lighter note, but also kind of like divisive is uh, came from my most recent social media friend on Insta, Diesel, Diesel Hippie. Um, he asked the question, was there any plans to ax the stupid, stupid, he said, international art projects and frivolous spending there? And he wrote, we absolutely have more than enough talent at local artists, many of whom do not receive enough support to something. Those international projects were an insult to us as taxpayers and a slap in the face to local artists. I mean, I particularly think this is funny as it relates to that big O. Oh, uh, yeah, the infamous O. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on that? And those in that international, I, I actually didn't realize it was a mandate for international artists. Why not local artists doing our streetscapes and stuff? And I think this is a hell of a question. So question, same question I'm asking. It comes down to process and how we're doing that. Some of those infrastructure projects mandated that kind of condition. One of the first things I announced when I announced my running for mayor in May is a jumpstart for Jan's program, which is about investing in local artists, giving them a step up in this recovery. They've been hit very hard. I think of artists as entrepreneurs. We have a tremendous amount of talent, both live performance, art, all manner of, of forms. And this becomes also a way that we reinvest in our streetscape and to create a vibrant place that people want to come hang out the restaurants. How do we do that locally and invest? So I'm committed to that. And I encourage people, jandary.com, look at some of those programs and those ideas. And I think we've got to look at the process too, that we award public art and we place it. And how do we get the community involved in that? I think we're falling short there too. Great. And one last, maybe there's one last question. We'll sort of start to see this come to an end here. We want to be um, a cause of your time and our listeners' times. In terms of a higher view, um, what's your vision of good living? Uh, what's it look like in, in, in our built environment? What should Calgary strive for in the next decade? And, um, you know, beyond your four-year term. Yeah, I'm actually committing to eight, just so you know. But no, <laughs> no more to taking. So we have amazing green spaces, these two rivers. This is about us all also being grounded in nature and how that important is to mental health. So we're protecting that we, we are building a city the urban design is such that streets are welcoming. People want to be outdoors, connecting with each other. I think we're stronger and we're actually more unified when we are connected diversely. And urban design has a lot to do with that and how we live our life. So it's about quality of life. Are we active? Are there opportunities for, for kids and our youth? Are they excited about the future that they want to be here, build their lives here? So that's the quality of life that I'm envisioning, taking advantage of our natural assets and that we're proud of this city. And we just get more and more diverse and we celebrate it by coming together in an amazing, vibrant city. Super. Jan, you can be found at jandamory.com. You're on Insta and I assume Facebook. What is the best way for people to reach out, connect? Go online. You, can, you also can get me at info at jandamory.com. And just again, my, 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 I should have just shared with you, Byron, my name has been pronounced many ways, but think of it as a Dame and a Re. Damery. Yeah. So jandamery.com is the way to get to me. And there's, and it's easy to actually sign up, get connected. And I, anything that I approach Byron, it's about creating community. So that's what I also want to still, we are stronger together. So how do we pull together to really help this city 
become the extraordinary place that it can be. I love it. Uh, Damery is spelled D-A-M-E-R-Y. Jan, any last ask for our audience, for our listeners? Get engaged. You know, you've maybe just met me for the first time today. I'm grateful for the opportunity, Byron. But get to know me. Get involved in this municipal election. It is really important who leads this city. The mayor is like the chair of the board. The mayor is the one that determines the culture of council. So make sure that when you're choosing your mayor, that she has great experience in leading people and pulling people together. Obviously a plug for me. Well, so far, Jan, this is my first investigation into our mayor and you got my vote. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Now let's see over the next months if we can keep it. And I will, I continue to earn it day in, day out. So thank you so much for getting engaged and, and keep apprised. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was really enlightening and uh, I loved it. Yeah, me too. Really enjoyed the conversation.